Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin here today. Hi Anita, are you okay? I'm great, Anna, how are you? Yeah, really good, thank you very much. So excited for this one and it's really weird because this lady in the middle of it says something a bit woo-woo. She says like, I don't know, people just find me, it's just my energy and I think... Do you know what? As much as sometimes I might roll my eyes at that type of thing, I think, well, that's how I happened upon her in the first place was just a series of weird events. And then I was like, oh, this lady's kind of cool, get her on the podcast. So it's a lady called Cami Kennedy. It's hard to sort of say how she helps people, isn't it, really? I guess that people that are high achievers, people that are people pleasers, people that, what was the other thing that she said? People pleasers, high achievers and perfectionists which I don't really sit in the perfectionist or the high achiever category, but sometimes can be a people pleaser. She helps those types, doesn't she? Yeah, I really liked her. And I thought, even though she said how spiritual she was and how woo-woo she was, I didn't actually find her that woo-woo or, you know, I think she's obviously a scientist and grounded in Practical as well, wasn't she? And um, she talked an awful lot of sense. I think there's so many people out there who have all these problems. It's just the ones that kind of go, do you know what? I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm going to go and do something about it. So, um, and I just loved her outlook on the ways that the universe help her, where other people would be like, oh, victim mentality. I get screwed over again and again. And what's the point in trying? And she's like, no, the yeah. I, won't, I won't say what it is because I'll let you listeners listen. But it's yeah. um, an awesome perspective to have on something that other people you saw the lessons. Think, God, that's really yeah. negative. And then she just went, yeah, the universe was helping me. Yeah, she saw the le- lessons in it, didn't she? And took it forward, which yeah. is a great learning for us all. So let's get into yeah. it. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. So I'm an intuitive life coach for people pleasers and perfectionists. And sometimes when I introduce myself, people automatically think I'm an intuitive like eating coach because they have no clue what intuitive is. So I realized I should probably explain what intuitive is. Uh, what it is, is we all have intuition, right? It's like that that little voice that speaks in your head, like kind of like when you have divine downloads or inspiration. And a lot of times what we do is we shut off that part of us. So I use that in my coaching. I intuitively coach people and I guide people to, especially business owners, because usually we're all about strategy. I guide them to tap more into the intuition and the energy of things so that they can like sit back and relax and have more ease because that's the whole point of a business. It's not just to continue to hustle. So I'm an intuitive. That means all types of different things, but it's essentially picking up on the energy of things and trusting that intuition. Yeah. So who do you mainly work with and what what do you help them to do? So I work with people pleasers, perfectionists and high achievers. And typically what I find is, and I work with men and women both. uh, What I find is I usually am working with entrepreneurs and they are usually very type A, like very driven, very like, I've got to do it this way. It has to be perfect. So that will show up in like, they won't get something done because they're procrastinating because it has to be perfect or it'll show up in like they're doing a launch and they're like completely drained and exhausted from launching whenever they realize when you're selling anything you're selling an emotion you're selling energy so when you manage your own energy and you take really good care of yourself that's naturally attractive and people naturally want to work with you so i teach them how to balance that masculine and feminine energy of like the hustle and the doing with like the sit back have faith, relax, like trust that it's all coming. When you said nothing is worse than when you don't listen to yourself, you know, you know, when you get a feeling about something and you kind of push it down, you think, oh no, it'll be fine. And then you go ahead and then 
like however long afterwards you realize oh shit i fucking knew that and i didn't listen to myself and then i ended like you just know you should have listened to that inner voice and you didn't so yeah getting into that space where you do listen and you actually take action on it rather than just ignoring it is pretty hard to do mm-hmm. how do people normally like find you then like how how do you come across these people they can find me on instagram but i like this is one of the things that i think is really amazing is that people find me through the energy right like it's like you can go to my website coachcammy.com you can go to my instagram cammy kennedy but i find that people are just connected to me like i'm like where'd you come from they're like i don't know you just popped up on my feed and i'm like yeah, oh, okay weird. cool right like like so things just happen like that Um, So I I typically work with people online because I'm an international coach. I'm located in the U.S. on the East Coast, but I've had clients uh, in Australia. I also traveled to Bali and I love that side of the country. So I've I've coached people everywhere, but usually they find me and they just are attracted to the energy, the vibe that I put off. Um, And I usually say, you know, most people when they're coming into business, like the first thing they try to do is they want to get a business coach to teach me strategy. And that's what I did, right? Like I I came out of the gates. I I started off as a health coach and I got a business coach to teach me strategy. And then she kept talking about like abundance mindset. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't understand, right? Like, what is this thing that's going to help me to be successful? Because you can have actually every strategy works, honestly. Like there's so many strategies, they all work. But it's what you believe about the strategy that makes it work. So if you believe it's going to work, it's going to work for you. So I'm usually finding those people who have, overinvested or they've invested in strategy and they're realizing it's not an alignment or like it's actually harder. I'm feeling energetically drained. I'm overworking. And then we just work on the energy and the thought work to help them relax into you already have everything that you need. Yes, you can continue to invest in your business, but you are your biggest business asset. Yeah. If you think you can't or you think you can, either way, you're right. I love that yes, sentence. Exactly. Yeah. Or if you think that this coach's strategy is going to help you, then it will. But also, if you're outsourcing your confidence into that coach, then that's also a problem. Like you have yeah. to have that own confidence of like, I'm going to go into any program with any coach and I'm going to get the result and I'm yeah. going to use the, the framework that really works for me from them. And I find what's interesting in this industry too, because we kind of program hop and we go to different things. I think that they have a hard time, especially perfectionists, like breaking the rules. If they're like, well, this person said, this is the way you do it. What I help my clients with is saying like, they get to pick and choose which strategy pieces they like, and they get to create their own strategy based on their own intuition, their own business, their own values, so that it's the life that they want to live, not exactly mm-hmm. what this person says, this is the way that you need to do it. Yeah. So why do you think so many like outwardly successful people lack confidence or just so many people lack confidence? Yeah, well, luckily I wrote a book about that. It's called It's Happy <laughs> Now. It's called It's Happy Now. It's the happiness handbook for high achievers. And I was the same way. It's because we think once we reach the goal, we're going to be worthy and we're going to feel good enough. Mm-hmm. And we might do that with our body weight. Like I need to reach a certain weight to like be worthy. Or we might do it with money in the bank. And then we work really hard towards that goal. We get there and we find out we are still unfulfilled because we didn't learn how to manage our emotions. And at the end of the day, the reason we want anything is because we want to feel a certain way. But what if we could just tap into the feeling now every single day and have it now? Yeah, we had a client who like sold a business, made a load of money and described sitting there looking at his bank balance, just feeling totally underwhelmed, (laughs) thinking, well, I've worked so hard for this. Now I've got it. Oh, right. And then their health is struggling or their relationships are struggling, right? So it's like finding out what's important to you and then actually building a life around that. It's almost just like uh, takes you away from thinking about 
the problems by focusing on, well, if this was only the case, and then you're focused so hard on that, you don't need to think about what if that's actually not true. And then when you achieve that goal, if you achieve that goal, that's when you have to be slapped in the face with the fact that, oh, I'm not blissfully happy. Yes. Because we said before, like we pressed live, I went, oh, I'm not your ideal client. And I said people pleasing, but actually more what I mean is like I'm not a perfectionist. I'm not a high achiever. So I've never sat in, in those like categories. So I just think if you're the type of person that was like that when they were at school, you know, like you were the person that was the top of the class, you always got A's and there's that label on you, which was not me, by the way, at all. Then you've got that label on you. Then that's where it comes from, isn't it? And that that strive, always striving, you've got to get that next exam under your belt or that next thing. So it's almost wired in and they do, it's harder for those types of people to just kind of enjoy life. And I think I'm quite good at that bit and just like, oh, it's cool. I'm enough now already. And just go going with the flow of things. I do struggle a bit with the people pleasing, I think, still. But I think it was, it's like a bit of a, um, almost like a prison or something to be a perfectionist. Sounds awful. Like what? Having to get everything right all the time and having to like always have that, that stress on you to be the, the best that there is. And, and of course, you know, there's always going to be somebody out there that's that little bit better than you or or seemingly actually a lot of the time especially out there on social media uh, I, I guess people compare themselves to other people and think or assume that other people are doing far better than they are mm -hmm. and often that's it's not the case, is it? Yeah. And I find there's an overlap between all of these things. And I used to think people pleasing and perfectionists were the same. And they're actually they have some similarities, but they're different. So perfectionism is actually rewarded in the marketplace, right? Like, oh, if I have a perfect website, people are gonna be like, great job, you have a perfect website. Yeah. So it's rewarded and it's rewarded by our schooling system or education. I, I was one of those people like straight A's, never miss a day of school, like go to school when you're sick, throw up on the school bus because you can't miss school. <laughs> and <laughs> that's, that's another story, but that's how I was raised, right? And I was like <laughs> told to achieve all these things. And I had to go to school only because my mom didn't want me like at home. Yeah, so we, I mean, we actually I, got to school. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. But with with perfectionism, they don't often don't realize it's a problem until it becomes a problem, right? Until it becomes like debilitating. And then with people pleasing, again, people are in, everyone is innately like human human nature is innately designed to like have a conversation, right? And there's social norms, and like we don't talk over each other, and I don't walk up to somebody in the street and just punch them in the face, like that's not okay. Um, so so when people pleasing becomes <laughs> oh, is that a not problem, okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, maybe in your country, uh, here it's not okay, but who knows, you know? Some parts here, of this country. Saturday night in the city centre. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, so with people pleasing, it only becomes a problem when you're realising, like, this is affecting my life. This is affecting, like, I'm, I keep saying yes to things that I really want to say no to, or I'm allowing people to, like, step over my boundaries and come into so my that, house. Is that how you know? You, you just think, actually, I don't want to do that, but why am I doing this thing again that I don't want to do? Yeah, because some people I've talked to, they're like, yeah, I'm a people pleaser, but I don't think it's a problem. I just think it's good to be nice. I'm like, okay, well, then if it's not a problem, I'm not here to tell you it's a problem, right? You're the one that identifies, like, hey, this is, this is a problem the way I'm experiencing it, and it's something that I want to work on. So what yeah. did you do before you did this then? Oh, this is good. So I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. I love animals. Oh. I was pre-med, so I have a degree in molecular cell biology, and I dabbled in psychology. And so I graduated college, and I worked in a laboratory, and I was cutting up human body parts. And what for? To like so pathology. Oh, so if you have to go and you have like a mole or you have something removed from your body, like your gallbladder, 
they would send it to me and I would cut it up and then the, the pathologist would look at it. But I was working at night shift cutting up body parts. And I so was you're not, not squeamish at all then? You found that No. You could I thought it was really dinner. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. I mean, the only yeah. downside is I worked with formaldehyde, which is uh, prolonged exposure causes reproductive harm. I mean, other than that, um, mm. it was cool for a minute. Um, but I was working You'd be in a great shift. position to be a murderer, I bet. I know. That. I knew what to do with the body parts, like yeah. how to how to toss them away so people <laughs> couldn't find me. Yeah. So I was doing that because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. I thought I was supposed to get a degree, then go into that field based on my degree. But I really liked health and fitness and I wanted to be like a fitness model. And again, that was tied up into self-worth, right? Like once, I, once I'm on the cover of a magazine, I'll be good enough. And yeah. so then I transitioned into health and fitness. I started selling health and fitness supplements for a company. And then I also realized, you know, I'm burning myself out. I'm traveling all the time. I'm working hard. I'm working so many hours. I was doing like three or four hour workouts a day because I was trying to get my body in tip top shape and it ended up, I got a, a back injury and the doctor put me on disability and says, you can't work. Like you cannot keep doing this. And so that was back in 2013. And that's when I become a health coach because I was like, you know what? Like I want to do this for me. And I know if other people are struggling with self-worth, then I'm going to help them do it as well. So that's how I started as a coach and then in 2018, I had all my relationship issues. I was with a narcissist for nine years. And mm -hmm. so then that came to the point where I was like, okay, it's not just my body. Like we need to fix some other things. I hired a relationship coach. I ended up going to a transformational retreat in Bali in 2018. And I said, you know what? I want to coach people on their entire life because that's what I needed. It wasn't just fitness. And so I came back from Bali and I said, I'm a life coach now. Like I went from health coaching to life coaching. And that's what I've been doing for since 2018, the past four or five years. Honestly, so many people want to change what they're doing. And then they, they um and ah, and they take forever. And whereas you were like, okay, I don't want to just do this. I want to do this. You came back and that was that. You were that and you, you went for it, which I love because so many people take forever to take that transition yeah. and they always can't let go of what they did before like for for a long time whereas you just went right i'm going for it you just went for it so i came back from bali and i had invested all my money it was like five thousand us dollars to go to bali which was like all my savings i came back i got fired from my part-time job i almost got evicted and i had to go back to work in retail so like mm. i made it sound glamorous like and then i was a life coach no like <laughs> <laughs> not exactly how it went right so then i had to go back to work and like be a life coach who was working again just being like what i thought i transformed my life right but it was because i needed to build up this is really who i am so i had to practice it right and then i had to also the the universe kept supporting me and i got fired two more times um in, in a beautiful way but it was because i needed to learn that lesson of getting fired and the final time I got fired, like let go, it was actually a manifestation. And I, I made a decision. I was like, I don't want to work here anymore. I was about to put in my two weeks and it was right before Christmas. And the very next day that I made my decision, they actually let me go, which meant I got a, a severance package, which meant I got vacation for all of Christmas. And then oh. I became like a full-time life coach in 2020, which again was the ideal year for people needing life coaching. Not to say it was an ideal year for the world, but like mm. in terms of my industry, Mine was yeah. one of those industries that really did flourish during this time. 
I love your yeah. honesty there because so many people in the online space would say, so then I decided to be this and then I'd made my first 100,000 within two weeks and I'm really good. At, and people just go, oh, I'm not quite good. And it kind of fuels the lack of self-worth right. on other people. So, And I love that you framed the universe was supporting me and I got fired twice because <laughs> every cloud, really, it does, doesn't it? It does. You're, when things bad happen to you, it, it is normally just redirecting you a different Little way, push. that's all. At the time, you're like, oh, God, why isn't this working? Or why won't this, like, when I think back at what, what some of my goals were, not that long ago, only a few years ago, and I think um, I went on this retreat uh, with this woman that's in the UK. She ran this retreat, which is, re which is really good. And I went along to it, and at the time, I had a recruitment business. And I, when I think of the things we spoke about there and what my visions were and what my goals were and what I wrote down and things like it's laughable now because there's no way that I'd want that like life and I'm so grateful that I got out of that and that industry all before COVID as well because oh god imagine like it would have been an absolute nightmare to be running a recruitment agency with like 20 staff and all the temps and all of that at the time but but when I was at that that retreat and the things that I was saying were my targets and what I wanted my life to look like now I'm like so grateful that that didn't happen so it would have been not what I wanted at all yes and so much of our goals are tied up into what other people around us are expecting from mm. us right and it's acceptable yeah. like yeah that sounds like a good idea and then we just like keep going along with it until we're like wait is this really what I want to do like or what everyone else is doing, doing yeah you just, yeah, you're yeah. like sheep, aren't we? Just go, oh, well, they've all gone and done that. I'll go and do that. Yes. And I, I wanted to address your other, you had a question, um, Anna, about the narcissism. I wanted narcissist. To yeah. How did that. you escape the narcissist? Yeah. I didn't know I was with a narcissist until after. I don't, I don't think you do until like, like yeah. I was with a narcissist. And then when I actually, go like when I Googled the word, I'd obviously heard the word in a kind of throwaway way before. But then when I actually Googled and read and I was like, oh my god this is actually this person it was like a revolution so what did you yeah. revelation what, revelation, revelation. revelation. went all the way around in revolution <laughs> for me I tell you. Yeah. as well as a revelation all of the and, and i always like to speak to this on like the personal responsibility side because we can be like oh they're a narcissist that's them yeah. But oh, what I learned is like, how, how am I aligned with this person, right? How did this happen? And, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, how did this happen to me? It's like, oh, well, I allowed it. And what it was, was I didn't have enough self-worth to speak up for myself. And every time I would speak up, right, they, they do the gaslighting thing, which like, turns it back around on you to make you feel like you're crazy. And mm -hmm. then like, if you ask for what you need, they'll like react and I just wasn't comfortable with emotions, period. I wasn't comfortable with his emotions, my emotions, emotion in general. So like, I wanted to avoid anything that took me into any situation that was emotional. And so that meant like, let's just not have these conversations and let me just like write in my journal about how sad I am and like cry myself to sleep. So that's what I did for years. And it, by the way, like he never said, I love you to me in like seven years we were together. Like, wow. it, it, so those are the red flags that people are like, what are the red flags? And then the other red flag is they do this thing in the beginning that I now know is called love bombing, where it's like, they like they're, you feel so in love and they're so amazing. And they like give you all your wants and needs until they get what they want. And then they turn into a different person. And like, he did yeah. that immediately where he was like Overnight. cold and withdrawn. And I was like, wait a minute, you were like so cool and nice and like so into me. And now you're like cold and withdrawn. And I kept thinking I'm doing something wrong. I need to change so that he'll like go back to treating me that good way that he did in the beginning. Where's that person so, gone? They're in yeah. there somewhere. Yeah, you're trying yes. to think for that person that was there once, yeah. Yeah, and then part of me just didn't want to go through the healing process, which took me so long, right? Like I was hiring business coaches left and right, 
but I did not want to talk about my relationship. I just wasn't open to it. So that's, that's why, like, when I work with business owners, I'm like, we need to talk about it all because you can't pretend like this relationship over here isn't affecting your business. Like everything touches everything. So you can't just compartmentalize and be like, oh no, that's okay. I'll deal with that some other day. It's, it's all together. And I guess that's your woo woo spiritual side, isn't it? Coming in there. Yeah. You can, I mean, we try to compartmentalize it, but that's our, that's our ego and that's our conscious mind. But there's so many things operating in the background, which is our subconscious. And like, again, I work with people, I have a Christian background and I work with a lot of people from like Catholic backgrounds. And so I like to think about like the way that we view God as something completely different. And the way I view it now is just energy. Like if you can just sense your energy in your body and you're allowing yourself to tap into that, like that's the first sense that you're going to start to understand. Like we're not just a physical being. We have an energetics to us. Mm -hmm. And so I keep religion out of it. I keep dogma out of it. But I go, let's just talk about your energy. How do you feel when you're talking about your relationship? How do you feel when you're talking about your finances? How you feel is going to attract more of that to you, which is why I attracted a narcissist to me. I didn't feel good about myself. So the universe was like, here you go. Let me put a mirror in front of you to show you how you feel about yourself. And well, it doesn't know whether you're saying I want that or I don't want that. It just knows you're focusing on that. So yeah. Goes, I'll, I'll send you yeah. that. Yeah. It's, predominant, it's your predominant feeling. And then you're like, see, I am horrible. Look, this person's treating me horribly. But it's also that oper- it's like that wake up call that we need. Like sometimes it needs to be so painful. Well, this is my experience and this is my client's experience. Like it needs the pain of changing needs to become less than the pain of staying the same. So usually yeah. your circumstance is going to be so painful that you're like, I want to change it and I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to go to Bali. I'm willing to spend all my money. Fix it. Let's go. You learn from that and you move on, hopefully, don't you? It was probably yeah. horrific. It, it gives you something that you can take forward and, you know, move on. Well, from. and it, it's honestly, quite honestly, the, the, the way that I'm helping people now came out of that, right? Like it came out of my challenges and now I have all of the education and experience to help other people. So it's not to say everything happens for a reason, but I do believe in some sense that all the skills and abilities are cultivated through those unique challenges that we go through. So can anyone change and can anyone develop enough self-worth and confidence and be who they want to be? The Let's talk in energetics. They need to be in the energy of willingness. And so, you know, for me, I wasn't in the energy of willingness for a long time. But like, if you think about, there's a book out there by David R. Hawkins called Power Versus Force. And he does this study where he measures the vibrational, the vibration of emotions. So most people, if they're starting off in self-worth, guilt, shame, that's the lowest vibration you can have. If you can get to a vibration of anger, that'll help you change. Then you can move up into willingness and courage, which is like, ah, now I have to do hard things. I might have to look up childhood stuff. I might have to feel this pain, but it's worth it for where I'm going. So every human consciousness has the ability to do it, but it has to do with like, are they willing to take that step out of shame, right? Because shame is just like a sticky, icky spiral. I believe that everybody has access to get out of it. And I also believe that they have the resources around them with books, podcasts, YouTube, people, doctors, like yoga. Yeah. So like it really, mental health is really being, it's being challenged in the past few years, but it's also being more talked about and people are are saying like, Hey, here's what's helping me. And I think we're we're now sharing more freely in terms of like, Hey, this is something I struggle with. This is how I deal with it. You have to want to change because if you want to change, you'll go and find those podcasts and read those books and listen to those people. Yeah. 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 
Absolutely. What about denial? I think there's a lot of people who are still just like, no, it's fine. It's oh yeah. Denial. Oh yeah. yeah. But again, like I, because I believe in the universe is benevolent and it's going to continue to like punch us in the face until we change course. So for me, I was just thinking about, as I was thinking about coming on with you guys today, about 12 years ago, I was living in California with roommates. And this was at the time where I was with that narcissist and I was only like halfway into the relationship. So four years in, right? Deep into it. And I lived with a psychologist and she was like, you would really, and I would like talk to her a little bit. And she's like, you would really do good with group therapy. And I was like, no, hell no. I don't want to do any of this you know, BS. Like I'm private, like I was so closed off. And then I'm thinking fast forward four or five years later, I'm in Bali, like crying in a circle talking about my feelings, right? Like, so, never so say again, never. Yeah. So, so again, like I think nuggets, right, are like placed on our path and we're just not ready to hear it. But then in hindsight, yeah. we're like, okay, that was part of my journey. That was part of my journey that like my consciousness was opening up to the ability to, to do that big change in my life. Yeah, I guess the clues are there. It's just whether you're open enough to pick up on them at that time. And if you're not, then wait for the next one. And I don't think, I'll I'll say this, I don't think most people are open, meaning like, I'm still not open. Like, I'm not like, let's do deep healing. I love shadow work. It's not like, like, let me go dive into the swimming pool of deep emotion. But when you do a little bit and you realize like, it's worth it that's when you like open up more and more. We're like, you know what? I am willing to go deeper in this. Like I know there's deeper healing and I know on the other side of that breakdown is my breakthrough. So I am willing to do it. So do you do this on a one-to-one group online? How do you work with people? So I do want to talk about my new course and it's called Anxiety Detox. And it's specifically for people pleasers who wants to let go of all the anxiety related to thinking about what other people think of them. And so that's the best way to work with me because it's really accessible. And I actually have a free training for them too. If they want to go watch the webinar, the free training to see what's what, what that's all about. Um, They can go to releaseanxiety.me to sign up for that. And then I still do have room for a few one-on-one clients and I work with them on a six month minimum basis. It must be really rewarding actually, but I guess do you take on some of that negative energy and negative, you know, lack of self-worth and all that? Is it quite harrowing at times? So I've got a really good energy routine and I could teach it to you all too. But like, so a couple of things I do is I always cleanse and clear my space before we get on a call. And then afterwards, if I do have somebody with, with heavy and dense emotions, I have a specific song I put on and I'll like dance to that song. And then what I do is uh, a lot of times when we're feeling emotion. We'll feel it in our chest. So I just brush my chest off. And then a lot of times I'll use my mouth or my breath and I'll go, ah, and I'll just like verbally, like, I'll like release all the energy. And I, so I'm like, crazy. So I'm, I'm just dancing around my room, like, but I think if people knew more about like, this yeah. is like, we're walking around like it's like if you didn't shower for 38 years and you're walking around with poop on you from when you were a baby, that's what happens when you don't clear your energy. And yeah. so when people are walking so we need we need daily energy practices, cleansing that field, cleansing that aura, especially when you're in communication or you're doing client work with other people. Yeah, because I used to put on a song to cheer yourself up and get some energy. And, and especially if you're going to go on, you know, you're feeling a bit crap and you're about to go on a sales call or something like that, then you've got to get your energy up or even just a coaching yeah. call with clients. Or even just <laughs> before I used to do Facebook lives, I used to clap 10 times really, really fast, like some crazy... <laughs> 
yes. just to like get, get, get the energy up. But I, I went to um, I've been to like theta healing a few times, and when I when I go to that, I always feel so sorry for the lady when I leave because I. <laughs> All the crap has like left me and gone on to her. So, oh, sorry about that. Bye. I feel like light. And <laughs> she, goes, she was like, she said the same as you, like, oh, don't worry. I know how to like shift it by <laughs> like a walk in. Yeah. She's like, fine. And then I walk off and she doesn't look so fine. She has me back. So, I can't be, <laughs> can't be that bad. Yeah. It's good to try all these different things. Like you say, be open, yeah. try different things or whatever, because you never know what's going to land and what's going to work for you. We always ask a couple of questions um, on, on this podcast. One is with the Get Savvy Club. So what makes you savvy? And you can take that anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. I believe it's my connection to spirit and intuition that makes me savvy. I used to think it was my own knowledge, but that was an ego thing. And now I've realized like I'm just a conduit for universal energy. And when I'm in flow, that's when I'm most savvy because I'm not trying to do it on my own. I'm connected and things are just flowing through me. And the other question is to recommend a book. So I will first recommend my book, then I have two other ones. So I wrote a book last year called It's Happy Now. It's a happiness handbook for high achievers and it's designed specifically for people pleasers, perfectionists and high achievers. It's a short read, but it's basically how can you be happy in this moment while you're working towards big goals. And this book, and you can find it on Amazon, was inspired by one of my, the first personal development books I ever read was The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And it was like, I was like secret, this is when I was still with that narcissist and I was like secretly reading it because I was like, I don't want him to think anything's wrong with me because again, like everything's wrong with me. So I would like hide it and like I'd read it and like hide it in the closet because I didn't want anybody to see it. And then my other favorite book that I really love for for anyone who's looking for like structure to change their life, it is called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And I really like that because it talks about values. And that's something that I teach. Once you know your values and once you, you know, stop taking in all these energies and stories from media, social media, the news, all this, and you start to focus your life can completely change and open up. Yeah, Brilliant. Definitely. I almost think it's a, a bit of a shame that, you know, thinking about your energy and your self-belief and your confidence and, you know, thinking, yeah, I can do it, has become so woo-woo because it's so grounded in science. And I think some people just think, oh, the universe manifesting, that's not for me. And actually it's for everyone, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. not just the woo-woos. Talk to me a little bit about, because I historically, I may be generalizing here, but uh Brits, the people in the UK are very like grounded, very like, they're like, I'm not open to this, right? Yeah, practical. And so I'll speak to that for a moment because I am that person still, meaning I have a science background and I've been studying the brain like a nerd since 10th year school. And I was like, oh, neurotypic plasticity. And like, I was so into the science. What's beautiful about everything that's woo is that it is all based in science. But I will Mm -hmm. also say this, Science is a measurement. So if we don't have a way to measure universal life force energy, then we can't measure it, which means it's not real. So I want to open up to the fact that we don't know everything. Our human brains are limited. Can we be open to there's things that we don't know? And even our best scientists have not developed the tools or technology to measure it yet. And if well, you we really are open to that, then that's when you're like, okay, yeah. This, this makes sense. Yeah, we don't even fully understand our brains and how they work and how much of them we use and, and things like that, do we? So mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot more going on. Yeah, yeah. and I, have had yeah. A, I had a client who was uh, very, very skeptical. 
And I have a podcast as well. If they want to go listen to that, it, his name is David. It's on Cami Kennedy Mindset Show on iTunes. But he was very skeptical in the beginning because he's, he's a Taurus. He's very grounded. He's very like, do the thing. I want to be efficient. I want to do the work. And since working together, he's like, I was so skeptical, but now I meditate. I do my gratitudes every morning. I meditate every morning. And I know like he had his best year in business. Yeah. So like, let's use that as evidence and say, hey, you can disbelieve it. But if it works, why would you choose to disbelieve it? Yeah, get on board. Don't really matter to me. Just think, I don't really need to know how things work. Like when I sit, when I see uh, on BGT, friends got talent some magic and the kids go how do they do that i always go oh it's just magic isn't it and just in my head i just think yeah it's just it's just magic i don't try and work yeah. out like how things work if they work they'll work and that's pretty cool that's that'll do yes. for me i don't need to know yes. exactly how they do it <laughs> some people do yeah. don't they're like oh how did that go you know and find out all, all about it but for me now just on board if it works i'm on board <laughs> most okay. very successful people um do affirmations and meditate daily don't they it's been yeah. mm-hmm. you know widely talked about so yeah right yeah, and the grand- they, re- they have a morning routine that that's yeah. the common yeah. thing is they have a morning routine they prime themselves every morning uh they reset their brain every morning so i they should do this agree. at school i don't know why it hasn't in you know i suppose because school our school in particular everything was set like 100 years ago we're right. still doing the same old tired syllabus but yeah this should mm-hmm. be taught at school shouldn't it and often teachers don't do it, though, do they? Because they're, like, not in this Behind world. The they're just you know, right. what they're told to do. And they just, right. they just get up, bleary-eyed in the morning, having to go and teach these awful kids. So they're Page not in 32. that thing. That's it. <laughs> yeah, go to this, do this, do that. Yeah, because when I did um, a BTEC in performing arts, that was when I w- was open to more of these things because those types of uh, tutors were very different from school ones. So I remember one session we just literally had to just massage our feet, like – all the way through and then it but then like she was doing some meditation thing and whatnot I was like okay this is kind of different and cool um and yeah just makes you your brain change but if you never had that and you just went straight from school took a job went along how how would this come to you how would the self-help books land on your desk how would you 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 do need to be open to like you say there's way more out there now isn't it it's not so it's not so weird you know yeah yeah. podcasts especially there's loads like literally if somebody said okay just listen to this podcast because i remember buying like my when i had like teams of recruitment consultants and so frustrating i'd buy them a book like book about like how to sell or whatever and i'd be like give them a copy of each of these books and then i just think they're not going to read them so it's so mm-hmm. frustrating and maybe like the odd one would start to read it and even that would get me excited i think great they're like <laughs> starting to read it they might not even finish the book but at least they've opened it they've shown yeah. interest it's just what cammy was saying though you have to want to yeah. be willing to change haven't yeah you? And, yeah you know. well and, and i, I want to offer this because this just popped into my head it would like essentially what people are doing is they're ignoring their right brain. They're like, nope, you have no use to me. You're dumb right brain. I only want to be logical. I only want to be left brain. But I want you to imagine if you have two good, good hands, two good arms, right? A right and a left. But you're like, you know what? I'm right handed. I'm going to ignore my left hand. My left hand is stupid and it's weak and I hate it. And you just walked around without your left hand. <laughs> just imagine your entire life. You're one handed now because you're like, nope, I don't want to use that part of me. I see that as the same way as your brain, right? Like, why would you ignore, like, if you want to achieve, if you're a high achiever, if you want to succeed, why would you ignore the the assets and the gifts you were given with also having another part of your brain that can assist you? 
And a, a lot of times I find uh, the high achievers and perfectionists in particular, they want to make things harder. So they're like, actually, I want to just use one hand because I'm a hard worker. Watch me work with one hand only. Yeah. Like, so, so part of it is shifting that identity. Like we don't actually need to work hard. That's just what society says. And it came yeah. from the advent of factories which came from more productivity means you get a better raise, but that came from industrialization, right? That came from working for the man in the factory who's telling you how to do more things. But we have people on TikTok and YouTube who are 19 years old uh, who are millionaires. So it's like, let's yeah. expand that things don't have to be hard. You can go on a, a social media channel and become a millionaire. Why not? If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Awesome. So as we've said at the start of this, an impressive lady, absolutely going for it. We had a little chat with her after we'd finished about what's happening with her business and what she's doing. You know, she has five different coaches helping her at the moment, which I love because she's kind of set her sights on where she wants to be. And she's gone, right, here's the bits I need help with. And she's gone, you know, I'm not going to do it one at a time and just get there in the next 10 years. I'm just going to get all these people in and uh, I have absolutely no doubt that she'll be massive and really successful yeah she's she was <laughs> she had a great personality she looked great she had a great offer and she's going to go for it <laughs> so sometimes you're like oh okay fine fair play to her because she actually listened to this podcast before coming on she'd power listened to it and she was like oh you guys are quite funny so really did well there she straight to her egos too but she uh, said, you guys speak about LinkedIn. I, you know, I just don't do enough on there. So um, afterwards we had a bit of a chat and um, I gave her a couple of things that she could do. Literally within an hour or so, done it out there. She's, you know, got herself LinkedIn live. She's about to do like a masterclass thing on there. I was like, oh, and I was like, yeah. Although don't forget, because she's in America, we talked to her in the evening, so it would have been yeah. in the morning. So she was probably like, right, okay, I've got Productive, a day sitting yeah. at my computer. I'm going yeah, to more it. impressive for us because it's like, Eight o'clock at night. I just went and lay on the sofa it. and ate ice cream. So, you know, whilst you were doing that, I, do well, I don't do that in the have. morning. I, don't. I have to hide it in the freezer because I don't like to share it. Well, where else would you hide ice cream? You can't really hide no, it. I don't just the bird, put it in the freezer. You? I hide it in the freezer. Oh, Obviously, nice it has to go in the freezer. It's ice cream, it. but I have to hide it under light. Like I hide it under vegetables because the kids aren't going to take them out, are they? They never think to look there, aren't they? Yeah, my slush puppy ice poles are right at the back. Yeah where no one exactly. can see them. And they, they go, oh, have you got any of those ice balls? And I think, oh, gone then. So I let them have them, but I don't let them see where I get them from. Even though my freezer's not that big, but it's just they're obviously lazy. They can't bother to rummage around. And I had some mint clubs yesterday as well, so I've them for a while. Mm, mint no. clubs, don't you like don't club me. No. Oh, I do. Yeah, so we spoke, didn't we, at the weekend? Not that <laughs> might we might be spoke at an event. Like, obviously, we, we speak Yeah, we weekend. didn't just speak, yeah, like, to each other there. <laughs> not very interesting for you guys but if you're on the uk you would have heard of the nec at birmingham so we spoke you're of the on NEC the UK. in birmingham yeah if you're on the planet if you're on well if you're on the planet world earth um and you're around the uk part you will have heard of the nec in birmingham we spoke there at the weekend at clients attraction summit which obviously makes sense because that's what we help our clients do attract clients and it was really really good fun wasn't it it, it was really good and there, do you know what it's funny it. because um we were just getting into talking at various events and then covid hit standing on a stage kind of saying look at me listen to me it's not my natural environment like a lot of people believe it or not it is something that you learn and you get better at as you do it if you just get out there and do it and, um, and you'll enjoy you will actually enjoy so, it. you don't think that you would but you do you do 
we did it a week ago at the Leicester Business Festival and we did it at the weekend in uh, Birmingham at the NEC and both times I was quite nervous but it went really well and um Anna and I are just the same on a stage as we are on this podcast yeah. so it goes really fast we give a load of value we you know ask some hard questions and make people give some feedback and what they're going to do to implement it and what have you but it's a load of fun as well so we had a really good laugh there's some awesome businesses there and yeah I loved it can't wait to do it again some other great For now I need to well, crack on and do it quickly before I get back to be like oh I don't want to yeah, exactly. Well, we do have another. We have a few booked in, don't we? So, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're we're always we've got. But one, if you're one, listening to this, one a month we've after. got um, a group or an event or a networking meeting. Um, we'll rock up. That's fine. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Us. If we can do it, we'll we'll get ourselves in there. Yeah, because actually, we have got one uh, next month, and we've got the one a month after that as well. So, yeah, and things going on. So, question time. I'm just trying to think of a question that anyway somebody asked at the weekend that would be useful for our listeners. One of the things that somebody asked that really stood out to me, um, which well, she seemed a little bit overwhelmed, actually, it was right near the end. So it was a client attraction summit. So all the different speakers were talking about all the different ways that you could attract clients. It was a great guy um, that was speaking at Matt Hughes that was speaking about using YouTube. Then another lady talking about memberships and things. And so the, the person in the audience, like, like, there was a panel of us, we're all sat on the stage um, waiting to be asked questions and she asked where do I start which one of these methods should I crack on and use and all the different methods because one guy the guy that hosts it he says cultivate a great Facebook group and and get your ideal clients in that and then sell to them and obviously we have our methods as well at the minute we're saying to be fair to us as there's nothing about us as gimmicky but we base ours on the principles of marketing which never change so where you might put your efforts um might change in terms of where we tell you to get onto but really as is like timeless isn't it it tweaks in, in where you need to put your energy but ultimately this marketing works but yeah so she asked like where do you even start do you start having a membership site do you start with your facebook group do you start getting with the youtube video and our answer to that was all the methods work but the best thing to do is just go in on one and do that until it works or one or two i think where people go wrong is they try to do all the things all at once and then they're spread too thin and then they struggle because they re- they think none of these strategies work where all the strategies work but you've got to literally make one work before you get started on, a- on another what i see a lot is people buying programs and courses and training and what have you and doing it and going oh that's great um and then never really implementing or actually making any money from it and then moving on to the next thing and the next thing and it's all about creating all this stuff so i see loads of people overwhelmed because they're constantly creating stuff and then they never quite use it and they're creating more and actually when we work with coaches so if it's not our entry level social media made easy if it's if it's our intensive level or one-to-one it tends to be a very similar kind of person and they are people who have got lots of stuff um but they're overwhelmed because they've probably done a lot of training as well without exception the first thing we do is say okay let's have a look at what you've got and let's have a look at where the low-hanging fruit is and let's get some money in fast to pay for your investment in us and then we can look at the whole structure of the business and getting it into ship shape shape so that you're ready to scale but in the first instance everybody that we've ever met and worked with has got something they can go out and make fast money on they just can't see the wood for the trees so you know kind of had a chat with that particular lady since the meeting just on messenger and that's what i said what she needs to do now because she's kind of like oh god i've spent all this money and i haven't got it coming in that's fine acknowledge that 
think about what you can do, work on getting the money in, and then, you know, think about the longer term as well. So that's what we always do to start with. And whatever route that is, it's always actually, it's there already. So you've either got a bit of an audience or you've got some products created or you've, you know, got something that hasn't really worked and you've just got to tweak it. So it's generally not that hard to do if you have someone who goes, right, this, this and this, let's crack on, make some money this month. That's where I'd start. What was that um, term that that woman used? Uh, not that woman. Somebody used like sunken costs, was it, or something? Sunk costs, yeah. Sunk costs, yeah. About because um, I'd never really heard that. I think I had heard the term before, but I'd never really thought about it. It's like, like you it's will. It's about cutting your losses, saying yeah. you know you have. And sunk cost doesn't have to be financial. Um, just like go I, I acknowledge that's actually you're never going to get that time or that money or that investment back. But it's not worth throwing more. It's like not. It's not yeah. the same as don't throw good money after bad, that kind of thing. Yeah, because I, I struggle with that because I'm completely fine, you know, letting things go and moving on and stuff. But I struggle with the concept of that because I always think it doesn't really matter um, because you will have got something from it. Like, so nothing's a complete write-off. But I suppose that's the optimis- optimism in me, isn't it? Thinking you will have, like... It's not completely. It's not about that. It's about um, not carrying on down the road. Yeah, I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, Yeah. I'm all for that, you know, park it and move on and things if it's not. Because Because sometimes you think, oh, I'll just carry on and it'll come good, it'll come good because you've got that emotional investment in there. And actually, sometimes when you look back, you think, oh, I should have been that 10 years ago. Some people people are like that with houses, aren't they? Like, because they were so set on it being their forever home. Um, well, I think some people got... like that with careers as well. You've done yeah. something for 25 oh, gosh, years yeah. and you're really miserable, but you earn a kind of a decent-ish amount of money and you don't want to go back. But you could have another 30 years working. So at yeah. some point, it's about just being brave enough to say, do you know what? That was okay. It served me then. It doesn't now. I'm moving on. So yeah, yeah. go for it. Yeah, because recruitment. When I was in recruitment, recruitment is a funny industry. No yeah. one's at school like saying they want to be a recruitment consultant. So it's not something that like you you know you aspire to go and do. Everybody ends up there for all different really weird reasons. It's unbelievable what what they've done before. One one lady always thought she wanted to be a teacher. Was a teacher in t- like uh, all the way through school. Want to be a teacher. Want to be a teacher. Went through it all, became a teacher, hated it, quit, became a recruitment consultant. I just cannot understand, and I'm glad that not everyone's like me, but I can't understand why anyone wants to be a teacher. Exactly. It's like such it's a job other people job. want to do. And, and then another lady, she was like a scientist. She got like this top degree and this, you know, and, and then she was just in a white coat in a lab one day and went, not for me. My kids are always finding their teachers on Instagram or whatever and like going, oh, look at him, look at this picture of him. And they all laugh or whatever. And I just, they're so cruel. And kids, they create like TikTok, they create create, like um, TikTok accounts about the school and then put pictures that they found of the teachers on. And it's like, you know, so really harsh and and like unwarranted. And it's just different level stuff. I mean, for us, all we used to, sometimes you might see the teacher in the supermarket of a weekend and go, oh, look, there's Sir. That was about your lot. You didn't have the social media, so... Yeah, fair play to you. Well, we used to, uh, years and years ago, when my kids first went to, they were in the, you know, like reception year at school, and uh, my daughter's teacher moved next door to us. And unfortunately for her, our trampoline was right on her fence. So my daughter, being quite an outgoing person, (laughs) used to be jumping on the trampoline, looking over the fence, going, what are you doing, Miss Brown? Oh, gosh, (laughs) how annoying. I'm really sorry for her. Oh, Serena had that teacher as well, didn't she? She was nice, she was, yeah. She she was was really nice, nice, but not when, like, it's Saturday (laughs) just in a garden with her husband and he's like what are you up to now what are you doing later <laughs> i used to try and say no come see you on monday 
<laughs> I don't want to talk to you in between. Oh, must have been here. She must have been quite glad when we moved. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know she lived just that close to us. Yeah. Cool. So that's uh, another end of a brilliant guest episode, if I don't say so myself. And we'll see you on the next one for a So quickie. don't forget to tag us on this episode if you want to win the oh, book. Want to win the uh, book. That Cammy mentioned. And just review us. And yeah, subscribe and tell everyone how great we are. Yeah. Anyway, and as always, day. Cammy was an American, so she, of course, shouted her own book out. <laughs> but soon, soon, we will be able to shout our yeah, own book we'll out. We'll be Come doing it August. ourselves, yeah. yeah. We'll, and I'm going to go all out American on it, guys. No shame. Yeah. <laughs> buy our book. Anyway, bye then. Bye. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.